Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Opsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Opsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Opsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Opsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. With all this free time on my hands, I've definitely been doing a lot more thinking. And when I think, a lot of times my thoughts turn to things that we just kind of accept but never truly understand, if that makes sense, or maybe some of the deeper questions in the universe. And I'm not talking the simple ones like, you know, why do we drive on a parkway and park in a driveway? You know, the kind of more silly imponderables. But I'm talking some of the deeper things. And as I'm sitting here and recording this, it actually is Thursday, which got me thinking, where did we come up with the names for the days of the week? So I decided to do a little digging, and rather than just talk to myself or Leroy, I figured I would plug in the microphone and share it with you as well. Weirdly enough, though, before we even get started... In looking at our calendars here in the U.S., all of our calendars begin on Sunday, so we go Sunday to Saturday. However, in looking all this stuff up, the international standard actually has Monday as the first day of the week, which would mean then Sunday is the final day of the week. Not sure why we stuck with that one. That's going to be something that I'm going to that I have written down to kind of go back to and fill you in when, a, when I learn it myself. So just for the sake of anything, the first one we're going to start with, Monday. The Old English translation, and any listeners out there who know Old English, pardon me because it is insanely guttural, and I don't know if I can even remotely do it justice in pronouncing it. It looks as if it's Monendag. I think the A-E-G, or the, where the A and the E are smushed, are kind of a silent but the Middle English brings it to Monday, which basically translates from the Old Greek for the day of the moon. Moonday, Monday, that one kind of makes sense. Then we move on Tuesday, which is the Old English. A lot of these actually are going to come from the Old English. The Old English is Tuesday, T-I-W, which was their version, the Old English version of the Norse god Tyr. He is the god of single combat, law, and justice. That seems like a very odd combination, but that's something for another show. Tuesday we get from Tears Day. So he got his own day, and then we got ours. Wednesday 
actually is one of my favorites. Comes from originally the Old English Wednesday, which was the day of Woden. In Old English, Woden was the equivalent of the Norse god Odin. I would say what Odin is the god of, but I don't think I have enough time to read everything that Odin is associated with or his look. I think it's over 170 different names in different cultures for Odin. But anyway, Wednesday is Woden's Day or Odin's Day. Thursday, today, actually is Thurnus Day with an N. But as the time progressed, they cut out the N for Thursday, and the Norse took it as Thor, the god of thunder. So Thor's Day, Thursday. Interesting tie-in to other cultures. Some actually named Wednesday after Jupiter, who is the Roman equivalent of the Greek god Zeus, who also, both of them, were the god of thunder. Friday was Frigiday, or Frigg's Day. And Frigg was, I believe, the Germanic equivalent of the Roman goddess Venus or the Greek goddess Aphrodite, the goddess of love, the goddess of lust, which makes sense for Friday because anybody that works knows everybody loves themselves a Friday. Then we come near the weekend. Saturday, which it kind of makes sense, is Saturn's Day. After Saturn, the Roman equivalent of Cronus in Greek mythology, who was the god of the harvest. I'm trying to see if I can think of a tie-in for Saturday and Harvest Day. Maybe that's when most people did all their harvesting was on Saturday. I don't know. I'll have to look that one up and get back to you. If anybody knows it, please feel free to contact me and educate me. And Sunday, quite simply named after the sun. The day of the sun, which is Sunday. So there you have it. That's basically the days of the week. Now thinking back to how I said that Saturday was named after Saturn... That got me to thinking about something. And this is something I've spoken with several people about. Have you ever noticed that the planets, for the most part, are named after Roman gods and characters, whereas their moons oftentimes are named after the Greek mythology? And I got to wondering why. So I did a little research, and it doesn't seem like there's really any rhyme or reason that that the planets were named after the Romans, as a lot of the Romans, Galileo especially, were some of the first uh, modern astronomers. But then when they started much later on discovering moons, for some reason they just decided to name them after Greek mythology. Maybe there's more to it, but I couldn't really find anything, so if anybody does know of any reason why why there is the difference, please let me know, because I'm very curious. Um, But looking at the planets, and yeah, I'm going to include Pluto as a planet, even though it's not, because everybody loves little Pluto. Starting closest to the sun, you have Mercury. And Mercury in Roman mythology was the messenger of the gods. And his equivalent in the Greek mythology was Hermes. No moons in Mercury, so we'll gloss over that. And it's the same for Venus, who is the Roman goddess of love. Her Greek counterpart is Aphrodite. Again, no moons. Now, one exception to this is our planet, Earth. Earth wasn't named specifically for any mythological character. Earth basically came from dirt, is what they wanted it to be. Although, if you look at it, the Roman equivalent of Gaia, who 
is the Greek goddess of the earth, is Terra. So that could be in a very strange way, but it wasn't directly taken from that character's name. Now we get into the ones, and this is the one I've always looked at as my argument for Roman planet Greek moons. You have Mars, who is the Roman god of war, and the planet Mars has two twin moons, Phobos and Deimos, who are the Greek gods of fear and terror, respectively. And in Greek mythology, they were the twin sons of Ares, who was the Greek equivalent of Mars. So therein lies why I even postulated this question. The Greek mythology taking the moons, whereas the Roman has the planet. And actually the same is exactly the same for Jupiter. I'm not going to do every moon because Jupiter has a ton of them. But Jupiter was the Roman god of thunder, who was the Greek equivalent, or the Roman equivalent of Zeus, I should say. And many of the moons are actually named after lovers of Zeus in Greek mythology. So it looks like they're naming it after things related to the Greek version of whatever the planet's name is. You have Io, Europa, Ganymede, Callisto, the list goes on and on. All of them, for the most part, were lovers of Zeus. Saturn, same, th and we actually discussed him a bit before. Saturn was the Roman god of the harvest. The Greek equivalent is Cronus, and the the moons are reflect Cronus in the Greek mythology. You have the moon of Titan, which is comes from the Titans, which was the level of well, not level, but generation of Olympians that Cronus was part of, and then Rhea, who was his wife, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but Iapetus, 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 but in any event, I-A-P-E-T-U-S, who was a fellow Titan and his brother. Now, weirdly, Uranus is the one lone exception, because Uranus was named after the Greek god of the sky, and the Roman equivalent is Calus, so more like celestial. And even more strange, all of the moons of Uranus were named after Shakespearean characters. You have Bianca, Ophelia, Juliet, Cordelia, Cupid. It's That one, it just kind of throws a monkey wrench into everything. Statistical outlier, we would call it, and dismiss it. Getting near the edge of the what we used to know as the universe, it's definitely changed over time. Neptune, who is the Roman god of the sea, and the Greek equivalent of that would be Poseidon. All the moons, again, named after... Greek mythology. You have Naiad, who were the water nymphs nymphs of Poseidon. Hippocamp, which is essentially the Greek combination of hippos and hippo and campus, which I think is seahorse, essentially, or a sea monster. And Triton, who was his son in the Greek mythology with Aphrodite. And I'm going to give my love to little Pluto. Pluto was named after the Roman god of the underworld, or death, if you will. Uh, the equivalent in the Greek of that would be Hades. And the major moon of Pluto is Charon, who in Greek mythology was the boatman who ferried the souls across the river Styx and delivered them for judgment. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I'm a big astronomy fan. So, like I say, if anybody out there knows of a reason why they went with the Greek mythology for the moons versus 
the Roman mythology for the planets, please let me know. I've read several articles and nobody really seems to have an answer. Now I want to talk briefly about what I referred to earlier as the more quote-unquote silly imponderables or the more humorous questions that we have to ask ourselves or should ask ourselves about the world we live in. And I would say that these would fall under the category of, as the late great George Carlin would say it, these are the thoughts I have when I'm home alone and the power goes out. So it's a lot of things that you may not have noticed, you may not have really thought about because you really had, never had a need to think about it, but if somebody asks you why, you would have to pause for a minute and think about it. And in looking at it that way, I guess one of the classic examples would be, why are manhole covers round? You know, the manhole covers that you see in the streets to move to get down into the sewers. And that actually has a very scientific answer is geometrically, the circle is the only shape that when stood on end will not fall through itself. And I've mentioned that I have a dog many times in the past and uh, anybody out there that has a dog or even a, a cat, any domesticated animal, but I think it's mainly with dogs. You ever notice that right before they lie down, they always walk around in a circle? And a lot of people wonder about that. I've wondered about it. And I think that the most commonly accepted reason behind a dog walking around in a circle before lying down is, I mean, there's several reasons, but the one I think is making the most sense is that basically they're just trampling down whatever's underneath their feet. So when they lie down on it, it's a lot more comfortable. Now, this one just kind of popped into my head. If any of you ever watched any of the old Superman TV shows or even the cartoons, this is a, kind of a two-parter. A criminal will unload his handgun into Superman's chest with the bullets bouncing harmlessly off of him. So first part is, if six bullets can't do anything to this guy, why would the person then throw the gun with human speed instead of gunpowder speed at this man and the second part is why the hell did superman duck or move out of the way I'm trying to think of what else goes on in my brain that i could share with you oh here's a good one for you whenever you go to any sort of amusement park uh disneyland the like anything with those big goofy mascots even a sporting event if you have your kid go up to take a picture with this mascot you always say smile and, you know as you do for pictures but it makes you wonder, does the person inside the mascot costume, do they smile as well, even though you can't see their face? I would assume yes, because it's just a natural reaction that when you're getting your picture taken, somebody says, smile, you just do it. But, you know, if you're in a mascot costume, really there's no need to. Now for this one, I'm going to phrase it in, go back to the way of the theme of this show. Have you ever noticed that when you're driving and you've got the radio on, well, maybe not a radio, but you've got your music on through your phone and your Bluetooth. You ever notice that if you're looking for a destination, you instinctively turn the volume down? And I'm wondering why that is, but the only thing I can come up with is possibly you want to remove any other distractions because house numbers are pretty, sometimes notoriously difficult to actually see, especially if it's starting to get dark. So maybe that's the only reason there. Cut out any external distractions so you can concentrate on finding what you're looking for and at the same time not hitting anybody. And in perusing the internet, I actually found this one and it intrigued me to the point where I actually had to look it up. It's, are there interstate highways in Hawaii? 
And we all know interstate by definition means that these roads traverse states. Like here in New York, you have the big one, you know, Interstate 90, I-90, that goes for a long way. I know I've taken it from right here in Rochester. I've taken 90 all the way to Chicago, basically. So you're traversing several states. However, Hawaii being so far away and not connected to any other state, the question is, do they have interstates? And the answer is yes, but... Yes, they have interstates in the fact that they are built to the interstate highway standards, but no, in that obviously they don't connect to any other state, and they're labeled with an H rather than an I, like they are here on the continental U.S. Uh, Full transparency, I actually paused this for a few minutes because it was getting near food time for the animals in the house, and... As I put Leroy out in the backyard to do his business and have a tangle with his nemesis, Bastard Squirrel, it actually got me to thinking about a few funny things. This can be applied to many different walks of life, but for the purposes of this, I'm going to apply it to dogs because I think dogs are amazing. And it's, have you ever noticed that there are certain thoughts that non-dog people have that they hold to But if you have a dog, you know it's complete bunk. Probably the prime example, which was demonstrated by Leroy not that long ago. For those who say dogs can't tell time, and their reasoning behind that is, if you're gone out of the house for eight hours to go to work or whatever, and you come back, the dog freaks out like you're the greatest thing he's ever seen. Or if you just leave the house to go get the mail, the dog has the same reaction. And people say, oh, well, they have no concept of time. They don't know if you've been gone for five minutes or three years. To that I say, feed a dog five minutes after you normally feed them and see if they can tell time. And the other would be that dogs have no concept of numbers, that they can't count. And to that I counter with, show a dog that you have two treats, give them one, and see what happens. Now, this one came to me because it actually was a title of an imponderable book that I had. I may still have it, though I don't know exactly where it is right now. But it's the question of, do penguins have knees? And you look at penguins, and they waddle, and it looks like very stiff-legged. And the question then became, do penguins have knees? I'm going to give you a second to Google search penguin knees. Pull an image search for it and see what you see. Because in reality, yes, penguins do have knees, but just from x-rays that I've seen of them, it looks like they're far up inside their torso, which almost makes it look like they're kind of in a permanent squat position. But then that begs the question, if they could be straight, would they be like six feet tall, which would be kind of odd. I'd like to put a bow on this part of the podcast by looking at a section of questions that are kind of silly, posed mainly for jokes, but some of them do have a little grain of truth and make you think, huh, I wonder why that is. So I'm online and I'm looking at stuff, and what I found, and it actually makes you makes you think about it for a split second, not very long, because these aren't real deep philosophical questions, that if love is blind, why is lingerie so popular? A silly question, yet at the same time, it does make you for a split second, question the use of that phrase versus the resulting clothing purchases. Uh, Another one that I see right here. Oh, if you get scared half to death twice, what happens? Well, 
that would basically fall into the more scientific point of a half-life. It's always a half from what you are, so you would never truly get to death, one would hope. So if you're scared half to death, then if you were scared half to death again, it would be half of whatever life you had left, and it would just continue on and on like that. And looking over at some of these, it really makes me just realize just how ridiculous the English language can be. It makes no sense in a lot of ways. Like, for example, why is wise guy the complete opposite of wise man? Whereas a slim chance and a fat chance are essentially the same thing. It, I don't know. English, they always say, is the hardest language to learn as an adult. And with all of our exceptions and rules and weird spellings, I completely agree with that. However, the good thing about doing this podcast today is that it's given me a lot of ideas for more stuff to dig into in the future. And the English language, I could get a whole series out of that just for how goddamn weird it is. Uh, One last one on that. It's a phrase we've all used, but I don't know where the hell it came from or what it means. You got something that's not working properly, you say, oh, this thing's out of whack. What the hell is a whack? You know, where did that come from and how can you be out of it? Now, some of those you know, for the most part, were just for goofs, but I think that's one of the good things about the imponderable question as an entity. Sometimes it does make you wonder about deep things, like why are the planets named what they are, or where did the days of the week come from, or one I actually mentioned to my father in a phone call not that long ago, you know, they say that the universe is constantly expanding. We do know this, but at the same time, Right now, the universe seems to be infinite, so the question then is, what are we expanding into? But sometimes it's good just to sit there and think about something completely nonsensical, and especially with all the crazy that's going on in the world, every now and then you really just have to sit back and think of completely ridiculous things that have no bearing on life, because they will bring you joy. Like looking at, you know, some of the best oxymorons. In, in the English language, back to how weird the English language is. Good old jumbo shrimp. I mean, what the hell's the point in that? I'm gonna try to start wrapping this one up. These were just some of the thoughts that rattle around inside my brain, and for the record, no, you don't need to contact any authorities. This is a normal Thursday for me. I go through life, and I just wonder weird shit. It's what I do. I guess that's kind of what makes me who I am. I don't know if it makes me incredibly interesting or gives you pause to be like, um, not 100% sure what's going on with this guy. But either way, it keeps me happy, keeps me on the straight and narrow, as it were. But I think the whole point of this entitling the podcast is Have You Ever? is just go about your daily life and maybe once in a while just question, you know, have you ever thought about this, the reason that you're doing something specific, or the reason that something is called something and we just accept it and don't really know why. The best thing to do right now is to keep your mind as sharp as possible with uh, a lot of lack of stimulation with other people and going places and things. It is very nice to be able to have something that you can do at home, it's low impact, and really just sharpen up the brain and make you think, I don't know, you might even come up with an answer to something that's plagued people for for years. Oh, and before I forget, I did mention earlier that 
I would get back to you when I figured out why calendars here in the U.S. begin with Sunday, whereas the international standard begins with Monday. So I did look it up. It's according to ISO 8601, data elements and interchange formats, information exchange, representation of dates and times. Oh my God, I just the name of that is enough to give you a headache. But this came in in 1988, which established Monday as the first day of the week. So that, I think, right there explains it. The U.S. had been using Sunday as the beginning of the week for so long, this comes around 1988, so that's what, 32 years ago? Well, why change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe that's the same reason we never converted to the metric system? I don't know. That's for a whole other, that's for a whole other discussion. But I did want to come back to that because I did look it up, so now we have it. Thank you, ISO 8601, and the fact that, for some weird-ass reason, the U.S. calendars start with Sunday, and it seems like a lot of other people begin on Monday. Don't know, but there you have it. And to my final thought, I'm going to go back to a book review. This one's going to be a little different because this is a book I haven't yet read but it is sitting on the table in front of me, and I am going to start reading it. So I'm going to throw it out there because it looks interesting. It's something that's intriguing to me. The book is called Deadline Artists, America's Greatest Newspaper Columns. And it's a, uh, a collection of some of the most iconic newspaper headlines and articles in U.S. history. And I really like stuff like that because if you think about it, the newspaper seems to be kind of a dying thing, uh, the physical print newspaper, but for so long before the advent of the internet, that's where we got everything, so you needed very skilled writers to sit down there and work a craft. So yes, in a sense, it is an art form, but nowadays it just seems completely different. A lot of it is just copying and pasting other stories that they've found or tweaking something or just something completely unrelated to the world around them. So that's my recommendation, and I'm going to start reading it. Once I get through it, I'll pop back on and let you know I have made a note of it. If you're looking for it, again, it's called Deadline Artists, America's Greatest Newspaper Columns, edited by John Avalon, Jesse Angelo, and Errol Lewis. Give it a read if you have it, or you can find it somewhere. Tell me what you think. I'd love to swap ideas about things. So I think that's going to do it for another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. I am Zach. And I have hopefully given you your weekly inoculation against nerd culture and boredom. Stay safe. We're not sure when the, the quarantine is going to be lifted, but hopefully it seems like some states are going to be start opening up things gradually soon. I know New York is beginning to open certain areas of the state, the Finger Lakes region where I am now, to, I think, manufacturing and construction. I know some stores are beginning to open up again, hopefully more to follow, but regardless of anything, continue to stay safe, continue to stay smart, stay indoors as much as possible, limit the interaction, wear the mask, and keep an eye out on things. Hopefully, hopefully soon we'll be able to get back outside, and that'll give me even a lot more ideas. So for everybody here at the Carnival, Leroy having done Chase Bastard Squirrel Away, I am Zach. Hope you have a great week, and we will catch you next time. So long, everyone.